Well, good morning, everyone. Would you please stand and worship with us if you're able? There is a light that burns in the darkness There is a hope that washes the fear away There is a peace that idols around us It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze There is a light that burns in the darkness There is a hope that washes the fear away There is a peace that settles around us It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze Father, we're all Fill this place, Father. We'll cry. 
in you 
he is so, so good. Let us build our lives upon his truth, upon his name, the solid rock. You all may be seated. Good morning. My name is Dave. I'm on staff here. It is so good to see you, and it is so good to see people bringing friends with them. Um, We've not been able to do that, and uh, now we're getting to a place where we can do that, and it is just good to see that, and it's good to see you. And to those of you who are online, it is good to see you as well. So as people check in online and let us know that you are here We're glad that you are indeed here also. The first announcement that I want to make is one that uh, I want you to be aware of, and that is that we are really needing people to be able to connect again in areas of service. And if you're online, there is a link that you can click that will take you to a connection form, and we want you to be aware of that. And here in, in the building... Uh, some of you may have already picked up one of these sheets that says connect with Highland Park. They're on the table right out in the lobby. Uh, and we would love to get that. Look for ways you could connect, ways in which you can serve. It would be so, imp- it is so important for us to be able to continue to minister. Uh, one of the side of the problem because of the pandemic is that we've been unable to be together. And, uh, and we now need people being able to reconnect and connect to ministry and serving in ministry areas. And so please check that form out. It's on the table in the lobby. We want you to be aware of that. Uh, and we would love for you to fill that out. If you're here in, the, in this room, not, uh, those of you who are online, please click it and fill that out. We'll be able to collect them electronically. For those of you who are here in the room, we'd love for you to get one of those. Fill that out, and you can give it to me in the lobby after service, because I'll be out here in the lobby also. So we really do want you to get one of those, see where you can connect, where you can serve, and uh, then let us know that so that we can follow up with you. Uh, Also, parents with children, kids in our kids' area, uh, this Wednesday night, Michelle has some special youth activities planned. Uh, Michelle is here downstairs, so please check with her about that because we want you to be able, for your kids to be able to participate in that as well. Also, this is the time of the year in which we really covet your prayers as we enter into our elder process. And uh, we've asked you in the past just to be in prayer, but we really want you to intensify your prayers. And if you have people that you have seen, that you believe, serve already and act already as an elder, as a spiritual elder in a congregation, Uh, we would like to hear from you. Uh, If you want to write that on the bottom of your form, that would be great. Or you can call us at the office. You can send us an email. But let us know because we are seriously searching and seeking how God is going to lead Highland Park in the coming year. So we want you to be aware of that, and we would love to have your input as well. When we come time for, when it comes to offering time, uh, if you've been online, you know that this little button pops up, and it's a button that allows you to give, and you can click on that, and uh, you can see uh, the various ways in which you can give. And so, for you here. Uh, the button is this beautiful blue box and it's right out in the lobby and it's on a little pedestal and it's got a slot on top. I mean, it is so high tech. You may not be able to figure out how to drop a check or an uh, offering in that slot, but you know, we're nothing if we're nothing high tech when it comes to the blue box, but your gift is critically important. 
It is critically important for the ministry of Highland Park. It is critically important for us to be able to continue to support missionaries around the world and here in the States as well. It is critically important. And so I urge you, if you can, uh, use that blue box uh, and uh, leave an offering there as well. We're getting ready to have our communion time. And hopefully you saw communion, little communion cups on the table in the lobby. If you did not and you want to get up right now and go get one, that'll be fine also. This is what they look like. And I'm sure that you can see it in the dark. But these are out on the table in the lobby, and so we'd like for you to do that. And it's high tech also. And since you won't be able to see who raises their hands, I just want you to raise your hands if you've ever gone home wearing some of this because it exploded when you tried to unwrap it. But while we talk about that and give you an opportunity to get the cups, uh, we do want you to know that at Highland Park, our time of communion is a critically important part of our worship. I think it is important for us to realize that last night uh, was the first night of the Jewish Passover celebration. And uh, Passover will run throughout this week and end on the evening of April 4th, Easter Sunday evening. The emphasis in the Jewish Passover is freedom. It was the time in which they celebrated their freedom from Egyptian bondage and slavery. And communion is a time in which we celebrate freedom also. Freedom from sin that would separate us eternally from the presence of our Lord and Savior from God's presence in heaven for all eternity. It is a time in which we celebrate freedom. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, says, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? It was important to them. It was an important part of their worship. And I just wonder what the Lord had in mind when they asked that question. Because he gives them instructions and tells them where to go and how to find the room and how to prepare it and all of that. In Luke's gospel, the night, of, the night that they had Passover together, in Luke chapter 22, it says, Jesus said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And I wonder, as I read that verse, I wonder if the disciples even heard that last part of the sentence, before I suffer. You see, we have 20-20 hindsight. We look back. They heard Jesus say, I have looked forward to having this Passover with you. That may have been all that they heard, but Jesus wanted them to understand, I want to do this with you before I suffer. There is something about community coming together, worshiping together that gives us a strength to face whatever suffering may come our way. A little bit later, in verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in verse 20, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This cup has a tiny piece of bread and a little bit of juice, but it represents the body and the blood of Christ. And Jesus eagerly desires to partake with you because he knew that his suffering would set you free. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that you give to us today an opportunity to worship you in this way. Father, I pray that as we partake of this tiny piece of bread, as we take of this tiny cup of juice, 
And of those who are home and who are watching online, whatever means that you're using, I pray that it will be a reminder to you that Christ gave his body, his blood, that he desires us to participate with him so that we might be free indeed through Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Would you all please stand and worship with us?
Good morning, church family. My name is Brian. Uh, everybody doing okay today? It's a beautiful day outside, and that reflects, hopefully, the spirit in your heart today. We're so thankful that you're here. I'm on staff here at Highland Park. If you notice I'm moving slowly, it's because some of the dads had the bright idea to play paintball with the youth group yesterday. And afterwards, every time I stood up the rest of the day, something else hurt. And so um, it, we had a great time. Uh, the, the youth group kids, something that they had wanted to do for a while. So we just basically ran around in the woods uh, for a couple hours yesterday, which was a good time. And we've uh, been uh, working through the 52 biggest themes of the Bible. And uh, we hope that you've been reading along with us. Uh, we got more books in this past week for Core 52, and uh, that's just a book that kind of guides us through these daily devotionals. And so if you don't have one yet, you can jump right in. There's calendars in there so you can read along with us. And each day kind of gives you a, here's the verse to read, or here's the chapter to read. Here's some things to think about this day. Uh, here's a verse to memorize this day. And so it's very, very simple. And we have those books right out there. So we would love for you to pick one up. And you can pay us here, or you can just go to our website and click on the Core 52 tab and just pay online. And that's easier. And if you don't have money today, just, just take one anyway. And if you want to pay for it later, you can. But um, uh, we want you to have it. It's a, it's a great resource. So I wanted to begin today, uh, for those of us in person, those participating online, uh, by playing a game called Name That Faith-Based Mullet. I'm sure you've all played it before, um, but here's how it works. Uh, there's going to be a picture, and you have to try to name what that mullet would be called in a church, okay? Because in church, we give things special little names. So, okay, picture number one. Uh, anybody, anybody, any ideas what you would call this mullet? In a church, now, like church language here, right? This is a church mullet. We're close. The Red Sea. Yes, the Red Sea, okay? Because, you know, Moses uh, and the Israelites and the Red Sea was parted. So that, this is the Red Sea mullet. We've got a second one for you. This one's a little tougher. Now, in the church world, this would be the name for somebody who's really active in, in faith for a while, but then they kind of start kind of backing away. Yes, backslider. It's, this is the backslider mullet. <laughs> Very good. Jan, Jan wins. Jan Warden wins. Uh, she wins the game. Uh, free mullet for a year or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> good job. Good job. You did better than our, our staff played this game this week, and they, they were struggling a little bit more, so you, you did great. So, um, but sometimes in the Christian world, we give things kind of different names, and that kind of brings me to the big question I want to ask. What sets Christians apart? What, what, what makes Christians different? Is it the words we give things? Is it our attitudes? Is it our beliefs? Is it the radio station we listen to or the t-shirt we wear? What is it that sets us apart? Is it uh, that when we go to the Christian bookstore, instead of buying peppermints, we buy testaments? <laughs> what is it that makes Christians different? And in a short answer to say, this is really getting at our theme today, is the idea of holiness is to be set apart. Sometimes uh, with that word holiness, we think about all of these things, the Holy Bible, the Holy Spirit, the holy place in the temple, and it almost takes on this meaning of like so out there that it's nothing that we could ever do and we may get intimidated by it, but the idea of holiness is to set apart. If, if you bought a toothbrush today and you went home, uh, and you took the toothbrush out of the wrapper, and you brushed your teeth with it. Is that toothbrush holy? Maybe not in God's eyes, but just with the word. At that moment, at least for me, that toothbrush becomes set apart for a specific purpose, the brushing of my teeth. I don't know how your families do it, but my kids don't borrow my toothbrush. <laughs> like, I love them, and I care for them, but that crosses a line I can't go with, okay? Okay. Or if, if the neighbor were, were to knock on your door today and be like, hey, I'm cleaning the grout tile around my toilet. Can I borrow your toothbrush? No. 
No, 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 because your toothbrush is set apart for a specific purpose. And when God calls you holy, he is setting you apart for a specific purpose to honor him. So hopefully that we're, we're going to get to this idea of understanding holiness a little bit better. Um, but here's the lesson for the day. If I had to wrap it up in one sentence, it's this. Holiness reflects our identity as God's children. We are God's children. His purpose is that we live as his children, and that's what makes us holy. We are God's children living as part of his kingdom. Too often we have turned the idea of holiness into follow this rule and this rule and this rule and this rule, and don't do that and don't do that and don't do that. And if you do all of those things, you are holy. In it. Actions have something to do with it, but actions can't make us holy. So our core verse this week, some of you memorized, if you're kind of reading along with us and studying with us, was from Leviticus 11.45. Now, Leviticus is filled with lots of regulations and rules, but really the heart of the book is that God loves and knows us, and God, a holy God, is desiring holy people. So Leviticus 11.45, uh, let's put it up here on the screen, and it says this, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. Would you read that with me? I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. And what I like to do in today's sermon is just walk through this verse line by line. Okay, and and I, I hope that uh, by just this one verse can unpack a lot of the big truths in the Bible. So before we can get a clear picture of who we are, we have to get a clear picture of who God is. Our, our culture often makes a mistake of saying, like, I just need to find out who I am. I need to go on this search. I need to go on this long trip away from all my responsibilities and just get in touch with myself. And the mistake that we make in doing that sometimes is thinking that if I figure out more about me, I'll know more about me. The truth is, if you want to know more about you, it begins with knowing more about God. Because he's the one who made you. And he's the author of all truth and all love. And so this, this verse begins with, I am the Lord. The word Lord is the covenant name for God. Dave preached about the covenant last week and God's faithfulness to us. It's saying we have this agreement, this promise, this relationship. That phrase, I am the Lord, it's used 49 times just in the book of Leviticus. So it's an important phrase. Let me just read a few of the times where it's used. Now, sometimes it goes before a phrase and sometimes it goes after. And so I'm going to paraphrase just a little bit. But let me read a few of the times it's used and you'll kind of get the gist of how this phrase is used through the book. These are all in Leviticus. Be holy because I am holy. I am the Lord. I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. I am the Lord. Don't worship idols. I am the Lord. Avoid immorality. I am the Lord. Leave food for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord. Show kindness to the deaf and the blind. I am the Lord. Don't spread slander. I am the Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Are you getting the gist of this? God is, when he, when he gives commands, he's saying, don't do this and do this because I am the Lord. Because I am am holy. And by learning these commands, we actually learn the characteristics of God. Caring for the poor, avoiding immorality isn't just a rule to follow, it's actually a way to identify with God and his holiness. God cares about these things. That next verse or that next phrase is who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Leviticus takes place after God has rescued the Israelites from generations of slavery in Egypt. It was an awful time for them, and God rescues them. And oftentimes when God rescues us, what do we do? We remember it and celebrate it for a little while, and then time goes by, and we begin to forget, don't we? We, be, we begin to forget. I want to pause just here in the sermon for a moment 
And if you're here in person, I want you to think about this, and you can answer it if you want to with the person next to you. For those participating online, I want to ask you in the chat just to write this down. What is something that God has done for you? I want everybody to think about that for just a moment. What is something that God has done for you? If you think of something, you can share it with the person next to you. The more we think about this, the more we are reminded who God is, what he's capable of doing, how much he loves us, how he's been there for us in our dark times. So even before God led the people out of Egypt, he met Moses in the wilderness. Remember this? We were in New Mexico a couple weeks ago, and there's kind of all this kind of dry ground, and you're thinking like a bush could catch fire in any moment because <laughs> it just looks like a tinderbox, but it never happened. But when Moses was walking around one time, a bush caught on fire, except it wasn't like burning and going away. It was just on fire. And the text tells us he walks over, and, and God, that's where God begins to call Moses to this specific task and purpose. And uh, he goes over and says to Moses, do, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now, was it because of the weeds or the dirt or the soil that made that place? No. That's not what made it holy. What made it holy was God was doing something specific in that moment. God's presence was there. Now, we've got this uh, great baptistry back here. But I'll tell you, this baptistry has been through it a few times. Like, there's been a couple times where uh, somebody said, hey, I, I noticed the baptistry, there, there's a couple of dead bugs floating in there. And so somebody would come and clean it out. And I remember one time, they said, I, we noticed the baptistry, there's kind of like a little, getting a little film on top. And so uh, somebody came in and they cleaned it out and they kind of redid the filter system and such. I, I remember... Um, Times where they've drained it and like cleaned the sides of it. If it weren't for people like Kenneth and David and Jerry and Brian and Jason and Heather, um, this Baptist would kind of be a mess back here, but people have kept it going. I remember one time a high school kid was going to get baptized, and as he was walking in, he slipped and did a belly flop into the water. And when he came up out of the water, he flashed a peace sign to everybody. Um, <laughs> And it's hard to recover a moment like that. Uh, there, I remember one time a, a, a former minister uh, was baptizing a real tall guy, and he was too close to the wall. So when he went, went back, uh, it hit the guy's head on the wall. And the guy was okay. Um, and that's not the reason he left the church here. Um, uh, Todd, I hope you watch this. Uh, he's a, a chaplain now uh, with the Army. Uh, but there's been some kind of funny and crazy things happen. But one of the things we remind people is, there's nothing holy about that water, but what happens in that water? What happens in the water of a swimming pool or a river or a lake or wherever a baptism may take place is holy. It's this moment where God sets that person apart for his purposes, to be his child, to walk with him. I found a picture of uh, our day of serving, uh, one of our day of servings a couple of years ago uh, that we'll put up here on the screen. And uh, uh, during this day, uh, you can tell that this group had been serving some people in our neighborhood. I see a rake over there, so they must have been raking leaves. And they probably raked some leaves. They may have even found some weird things in those leaves. And they had maybe cleaned some gutters. There's nothing specifically holy about raking leaves. But when you rake leaves to remind someone that they are a child of God. And this group even had a chance to kind of gather up around and, and to pray with them. Suddenly, that ground becomes holy ground, not just raked, nice, groomed ground. It becomes holy. And God wants to set you apart so that you can be reminded of your identity as a child of God. And in that moment, I love that the, that the folks from our church that were serving our neighbors were reminded that they were children of God and they were reminding the person we served that God loves them too. And so thus it becomes a holy moment. I, I have a friend who talks about not, uh, he says that we aren't human doings, we're human beings. Be. And one person even said, we are human becomings. 
because God is always working on us and shaping us and growing us. In the New Testament, the followers of Christ are called saints. I don't know about you, but that's a word that I'm like, oh, I don't, don't call me a saint. I know what I've done. <laughs> I know my, and that word kind of intimidates us, but it's a normal word in scripture to say, hey, the Christians, the believers. And I think we get intimidated because we think of somebody who lived this great life that we could never attain and never be as good as them. And that is not right thinking because God says, I want all people to be my children. And you don't have to do something that gets you on the cover of Time magazine to be holy and to be set apart and to be a saint, to be my child. First Peter says that we are to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now it's not talking about a you know, a geographic area, a country. It's saying that the church, the people of God are to be a holy nation, that the global body of Christ is to be a holy nation, a set-apart people, so that you would be brothers and sisters with people here and with people on the other side of the globe, that we have more in common with them than anybody else on this planet, even if they're our next-door neighbor, because we are set apart. We are holy So how are we holy? Does keeping every command make us holy? Anybody tried that one? It doesn't work. Like you can try all you want, but you can't can't be perfect. And then we feel failure. If that's our basis for being holy, then we feel like, well, I can't be holy because I tried and I failed. But that's not the way it is with God. Only God can make us holy. His grace, his forgiveness So since God is holy, then it would make sense that he would call his children holy because they're all in the family. Does that mean we don't worry about sin and we don't worry about our actions? Paul has an answer for that. In Romans 6, he says, no, (laughs) knock it off. You don't just go around doing whatever you want saying, well, God makes me holy, so I have no responsibility. I'll do whatever I want. No, 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 no. Paul says, don't try that one on me. Because you are children of God, live like children of God. In his book, The Pursuit of Holiness, um, Jerry Bridges uh, gives the example of a farmer. A a farmer um, realizes that they can go out and prepare the soil and plant the seeds and do everything they want. But does that mean they're going to get a great crop? What are they relying on that's completely outside of their control? Rain, sunshine, right? And the farmer can't control that. So if the farmer does not have help from God, it's not going to work. But does that mean that the farmer should just sit in the house and not rake and plant and fertilize? No. It's a mutual relationship in which we can't be holy without God, not even close. But when God calls us to be his children, then is there expectation that we desire to live like his children? Yes. So it's a joint venture in holiness that God says, I do all of the hardest work. I I make you holy. I set you apart for my purposes. But you have responsibility. You you keep leaning in to me and, and confessing your sins and asking people to help you on this journey and being part of a church family that helps you grow in the Lord. But I make you holy. So... It ends with, be holy because I am holy. That's the application. That's the so what. So what? So what about God being holy? So you be holy. So you be set apart for my purposes. So I want to ask two questions today as we think about this. And the first question is just this. Are you holy? Have you been set apart to God's purposes? Because God has a purpose for your life. And God wants you to be his child. He knows what you've done. He knows your past. He knows you failed. He he knows you've tried for a little while and then maybe you messed up and maybe you haven't even attempted anything in a long time. And God is a holy God who says, I can make you holy. You're not too far gone. You're not too far removed from my embrace. So come to me, and I will make you holy. 
And so my first question is, are you holy? If you're not, we would invite you to take a step today to say, yes, God, I want to follow you. And if you're participating and joining with us online today, there's going to be a button that pops up where our online prayer host would love to pray with you and talk with you, maybe set up a time to visit with you later. That would be fine. If you're here with us in person and you want to talk about what does it mean to follow Jesus so I can be holy, my sins forgiven and set apart for God, then we'd be glad to visit with you. And some of us will just be right outside Um, And we'd be glad to visit with you right afterwards today. Just meet us right out here on the patio. And I have a second question for you. Have you found your set-apart task? This gets a little more specific. But God gets specific with us. I mean, he had a specific task for Moses, lead the people out of slavery. For Esther, um, save the Jewish people was her task. For Philip, the set-apart task, just this one day was... Go share the gospel with the Ethiopian who's traveling along. For Paul, the set-aside task of go to the Gentiles and share the gospel. How has God specifically set you apart for ministry? What task in your family, in your neighborhood, within this church? Dave shared earlier, um, and let me just be kind of vulnerable with you here for a moment. Uh, We've had some gaps in ministry and serving in this church for a year now. (laughs) And, you know, there was a time where it was like, okay, we're just going to have to, like, rethink everything about ministry. And that's okay. That's actually healthy for the church to do that sometimes. We're not bitter about that at all. And we, we understood people were, like, scrambling. Some people were sick. And we talked to people who still have this COVID fatigue thing and they're tired all the time. And we have people who are taking care of loved ones and people who were doing uh, and maybe still are doing school at home. I mean, this is a crazy time. So as a church family, we have not been bitter at all that many people said, like, I need to kind of pull out of ministry serving for a little while. Totally get it. No bitterness at all. And with that said, this may be a moment where you could begin to step back into ministry. The truth is that we um, have a children's ministry that could really use a couple of extra volunteers to help maybe just once a month. We have a youth ministry that's had a number of guests come, teenagers coming to our, to our youth group stuff, and we could really use another person or two just to care for our students who are here Um, We could really use a couple people who would just be willing to maybe once a month welcome people, open the doors, and, 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 and help people when they come in to get situated if they have kids, to find the kids' area and those kind of things. Uh, we, ha- we have some lawn care, like some landscaping stuff. Our 220 food pantry has a garden, um, and, we, and we're caring for people in the neighborhood. Um, just yesterday, we got a call of a family that had a house fire, and they're moving into the apartments next door, and they heard our church helps our neighbors. We, we have lots of needs and lots of opportunities to serve, and we never want someone to serve in an area that they don't love. You know, we, if you hate kids, please don't sign up to help in children's ministry. You are not the ideal volunteer, okay? And keep you away from those kids. Um, but if you have a gift of like, man, video cameras don't scare me. Okay, we have a role. Computers don't scare me. We have a role. Um, hey, I, I want to, I, I can play an instrument. We have a role. So, and several of you have kind of taken that first step. And if you want to take that step with us, um, that, that may be that God has set apart one of those tasks for you. And we know that, that every person is called to serve in some way, whether it's in one of the things we've listed, it may or may not be, that God has called you to serve and participate in his kingdom in some way. And we also know that he's called you to be a part of a community, to be part of people. And so uh, the, the paper that Dave listed, if you're in person, we would love for you to fill that out. If you're not connected to a Bible study or a small group, or if you're not connected to serving in some way, uh, then that may be the first step just to fill that paper out before you leave. They're right back there uh, as you leave today. If you're online, uh, a moment, a, a little link will pop up, and you can actually fill that form out online, and we'll be in touch with you this week about trying to connect you to serve and to ministry. And, and we know this, like God has called us for a community to care for one another, and he's called us to serve. So maybe, maybe these are the days where you will get to kind of step back in to some of that. And if you can't quite yet, that's okay. Like zero bitterness here. Um, But maybe some opportunities for us all.
Let me pray for us. And, and I want to just give a few moments for you to think about how perhaps God has called you, uh, set you apart as his child, and uh, even in specific roles in life. And sometimes when we're quiet, I believe every time when we're quiet, um, that God wants to speak to us. So I'd encourage you just to have ears to hear in these few quiet moments, and then I'll lead us in prayer, okay? Father, for anybody who feels unholy, unclean, struggling with guilt, shame, sin, past, pray in this moment they would hear your voice telling them how much you love them, how valuable they are to you, even if they don't feel valuable to people in their life, they are valuable to you, precious to you. God, I pray that they would welcome you into their lives to walk with you. Father, we we pray for some of the needs and opportunities we have here as a church family to care and to love and to do ministry. And for anybody who you may be calling to one of those specific types of ministry. Lord, I I pray that they would have the courage to take a step and see if that's a good fit for them and to listen to you on that. Uh, We pray that you would just connect your heart, connect their hearts to what you're doing here locally and globally. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here, and if you would like to get one of those pieces of paper to fill out, they're on that back table straight out there. If you want to stay around and visit for a little while, the weather is great. We would encourage you to step outside. Once you get outside, you're welcome to lose the mask if you're comfortable with that um, uh, outside there and just visit with one another. You're welcome to do that, but we do do a little cleaning in here for uh, another church that meets in here. Uh, Our friends from Eritrea, the Eritrean church meets in here Sunday evenings or afternoons. And so we we have to kind of get things squared away for them. So thank you so much for being here. Take care of one another. You're dismissed. Jesus, the